Hey guys, this is Mike from the Scared Stuff Podcast. This week's episode, The Exorcist, uh, we had an audio issue while recording the episode. Uh, We couldn't figure out uh, what it was and could not find a fix for it. So uh, we're just letting you know that this, uh, this week's audio is a bit wonky. So I hope you bear with us um, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the Scarcity Podcast. This is your host, Mike, and my co-host, Scott. How are you doing today, Mike, dude? I'm really tired. Me too. I'm, like, really, really tired. Yeah. So, Look at that banter right there. That's some pretty good fucking banter. Yeah. I'm really tired. Me as well. Continue. It's better than uh, than some of the inane bullshit we come up with. I'm just fucking... My body's just shutting down. My brain shutting down... Everything is just fucking at ten percent. It's it's a bit later. Uh, yeah, it's a bit it's, later. It's 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 way it's later. Quite a bit later. <laughs> yeah, it's like four or five hours later. Yeah, um, I'd say we're. Usually, I, it's, I think it's two like to two and a half hours usually. After yeah. we usually do. So uh, this week we are going to be covering the next in our decade of horror for for October. The seventies. This is the seventies. And it is going to be The Exorcist. And like I was talking about last time, pretty unanimous pick, I'd say. Yeah, I feel like it'd be... Uh, there's definitely ones that you can argue. Yeah. But they're not ones that... They're ones we have other plans for, so... Yeah, I, I would say this film represents, to me, horror in the 70s the most. Yeah, I mean, I can't really think of another... There's only, like, one other horror movie from the 70s. Uh, a couple, actually, two at least, like, you know, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Jaws, actually. Oh, I can think of four, including uh, those two. Halloween. Alien. Alien, yeah, it's a good, I mean, yeah, it's a good one, too. I, I just, nobody Coincidentally, talks most about, of these are two hours. Nobody talks about, like, oh, what film made me scared shitless when when it came out or whatever, as much as, like, something like The Exorcist, though. Exorcist. It, Jaws a lot, too, but Jaws is more like a scare of, like, going out into the ocean. Exorcist, Jaws, Halloween. It's probably like the last time that that happened for people. I don't hear it about Halloween. Nearly. I heard it about Halloween when it released. I'm not saying like it, it lived on like that, but yeah. when it released, a lot of people were terrified. I mean, people right. weren't. Uh, there's that, that famous story about the about the score. The score changed everything. But yeah, I mean, I can't think of the last movie that caused the kind of stir that something like this did. Yeah, like this was. For the time, pretty fucking hardcore. I mean, it's still, it's, it's still, it isn't, it isn't a slouch. I'll say it's much more graphic than other entries you would think in, in like this decade. Less we're doing. Yeah, because I, I totally, you know, I, I kind of put it out. I think I put it out on Twitter while I was watching. And I was saying like, I'm watching The Exorcist for the podcast, and I am stunned by how much of this I, I literally didn't remember. Like, I thought I remembered this movie a little bit differently than I do. So I'm gonna be honest. I wasn't gonna watch it because I, I saw it six months ago, and everything yeah. is so fresh in my head. I'm like, I don't need to do this. I don't need to watch it's, it. It's again. such a vivid movie. Yeah, but I, I figured while I wait, I'll just put it on just in case, just to like a refresher. Yeah, I watched the entire thing. <laughs> I didn't intend to. I was like, "Well, it's I, hard not to." I've seen this thing in the past two years. I've seen it at least two to three times. I'm like, I don't need to watch it again. And I watched it. I'm like, I think I do actually. And I watched it's the kinda, entire fucking film. It's I, I was gonna wild. message you saying like, "Hey, dude, like, uh, what do you want to do the episode?" And I, I purposely didn't because I was <laughs> watching the movie again. I'm like, I got time. Go on. 
Yeah, I was sitting there watching this, and for one thing, like, I forgot how much... I didn't really forget, but it's a little bit different when you are watching the movie, how slow of a burn this movie is. Yeah. Like, it's not... You know, it's called The Exorcist, but there is no exercising until the last, like, 30 minutes of the movie, maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah, the majority of the actual heavy lifting happens at the end. And it's kind of amazing how long they go before even showing Pazuzu or showing Reagan Reagan really possessed. And that's just wild. My favorite shot where they have Pazuzu's face in is when uh, the priest is having a dream about his mother and it keeps flashing yeah and like i really i good. had forgotten that was in there i'm like holy shit that's fucking yeah. terrifying that that dream is really good like it's it's really i don't usually like dream sequences in movies funnily enough my favorite horror movie is nightmare on Elm street all about dream sequences but in movies like this like movies that are not set in dreams i don't really like dream sequences because a lot of the time i feel they feel really inconsequential but in this like especially because of you know the story of father Karras, that is so effective it is so not only is it is it scary but it's also like really sad yeah you know and it's kind of wild because I, I texted you part part way through the movie you know this is a movie that's i think a lot of people hail as like a perfect horror film yes. people in the community like a lot of people will I'll say there's there's one thing that kind of threw me through a loop in this movie, editing wise. What? The, because uh, the, like the score, or is it just like the mixing? No, it's the edit. No, like like the editing of the oh. film. Like one scene where they're with Father Karras visiting his mother in the in the, the same asylum, and then she's dead. Oh yeah. Like and, passage of time. Yeah, like I had no idea. Like it, it's like literally that scene, and then there might be one small scene in the middle, and then all of a sudden she's dead. You get nothing, nothing of that. I I, I was like sitting there at the screen, I'm like, she's dead. What the fuck happened? Like I knew I knew she died. I remembered that she died because that was a huge part of the of the the way that Pazuzu taunts him and stuff like that. But I didn't remember her dying completely off screen from one scene to another. That was that just threw me through a loop. I don't know if there was something still left on the cutting room floor that that discussed that, or if that was just we want to move past that to get to the stuff with Re- with Reagan. Or... We watched two different versions. I watched the theatrical, and you watched the uncut. Yeah, and there was nothing I, stitching I, that together. I can't discern why they wouldn't put a scene in there just to add to it or something unless they really felt like there wasn't anything that could take that time or they didn't have a scene that really made it flow better I don't know I feel like it'd be really weird you know from our especially because the person who adapted the book is the writer of the book and and also William Freakin's a pretty like he's a stickler for for a lot of stuff and I would have thought that that would would have been something he wouldn't have missed but maybe it's intentional to, to give you like a harsh you know cut I think it is intentional. I think it but feels it, just, it feels really weird. It feels really weird to go from one scene to the other, and they're saying, "Oh yeah, Father Karras' mother died last night." It's like, oh, mm-hmm. she was. She seemed. I mean, she was obviously in distress, but she didn't seem like she was gonna die. But and also, I thought they. I thought that they said too that, that they uh, they found her in her house, and like she was not in her house, unless because he was going there. Be- he house. was. He was going there begging her, saying that I'm gonna take you home. I'm gonna take you home, and you don't really see what happens after that. So maybe he did take her home. I don't know. And then she died at home. I don't know. But because they described like like no one made it to her in time. Yeah. And the whole thing is that she lives up, you know, far away from Father Karras, and Karras doesn't take a 
subway to ride up to go take care of her. So I don't know, but th that that just threw me through a loop. I had to kind of like sit there for a second and really think about it. I'm like, did I miss? Did I blink and miss a scene? Like, yeah, wild. But out I, of everything in the movie, that is probably that is the most egregious thing in the entire movie. I used to I think know. that the beginning was too much of a burn. Like, it, it would take too long to get going with the stuff in Iraq. But yeah. every time I watch it, it flows better more and more and more. So, yeah. I don't mind I've... it as much. I do think it does indulge a little bit too much there. I think you could cut some time off there, personally. I think it's kind of crazy, because like, did, that did not feel very long to me. It's not about feeling very long, but like as he lingers and looks around, I'm asking myself, like... Why do some of these shots have to be in the movie? And they really just don't. I don't think it yeah. feels too long or it's adding too much to the film, but, like, there's no narrative behind it. It doesn't add much to the, the narrative of the story. So at that time, like, why is it really here? Besides just showing people in Iraq. Just you talk about these, like, lengthy shots of him, like, walking around or something? Yeah, even just him looking at, like, the people or whatever. Like, people watching. Yeah. I I'm sitting there, like... There's nothing really to it. Not that they look bad, not that the, the scenes are bad or poorly shot. It's just, it doesn't add to the narrative. It doesn't really impact anything besides showing that he is in Iraq. But you could cut off 30 seconds to a minute, maybe even two, and I still know he's in Iraq. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I definitely didn't feel any of that this time around. I remember watching this for the first time and saying the first, like, 30 minutes of this movie is boring. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, say that. that. I think it's boring or anything. No, you just think it's excessive. I I don't have a problem with it, personally. Like, I yeah. don't have a preference to have it gone or having it in there. I just think, if I'm looking at the runtime of this film, and I'm saying, this film has to be structured a certain way, and there's certain things that have to be in there, and you're talking about the scene with the mother, and how it feels like, yeah. from going point A to point B, there's nothing in the middle that connects it that well. And yeah. I would agree. I'd rather have something in there that's going to talk about that or explain that a little bit more than just have three minutes, four minutes in Iraq. And yeah. I don't think that that being in there is a problem, but there's really no narrative reason for it to be long. I feel like if we're going to go explore New Zealand when we're watching the Lord of the Rings films, it makes sense to have long tracking shots that linger because You're it explains to you why the Shire is so important, why you should yeah. feel like they want to come back here. Those shots have a motive behind it. But in here, when he's just lingering around showing shots of Iraq, I'm like, I I'm not coming back here. It doesn't really have a narrative purpose to have these shots linger a bit. Gotcha. I don't I don't dislike it. I don't I don't think it harms the film at all. As I watch it every time I think I like it more and more, but technically it doesn't need to be that long is all. Yeah, I actually was um was noticing the whole movie that there's a lot of harsh cutting in this movie. Oh yeah. Like a like something really bad will be happening and all of a sudden they'll harsh cut to the next character. They'll go to the Father Karras or something. Like they'll harsh cut to it. And I kinda love that. Yeah, it really It just keeps you off balance the entire movie. Especially because the harsh cutting when it starts in the film, it feels like, oh, it's a little bit disjointed, whatever, maybe it'll flow out better as the film goes on, but the cuts become harsher and harsher and harsher, and it shows that it's not done unintentionally. These are meant to just show how ragged the film is becoming as time passes on. Yeah, it's like Pazuzu's possessing the movie itself, causing it to be, you know, very harsh towards us. Like, I feel like, like that is something that inherently makes people uncomfortable, I think. A harsh cut? When you... 
when you, yeah, like when you're watching a movie, you're in a scene that's like really tense. Like any pick any of the scene with with Reagan in this movie, and they harsh cut to something else. You're sitting there, kind of you know taken aback by what you just watched, and the scene's carrying on, which gives you this sense of unease and you know again like off balance that I think Freakin is deliberately doing so that you're continuously in suspense. I think it's brilliant. It's it's really smart. I think it in also- a lot of movies, I'd say harsh cuts are a little annoying. But here, they very much are in service of the story. I think a lot of it also comes down to earlier today we were having a discussion about how films go on forever. Like, as the ending goes on, it's answering all these questions and wrapping up a bunch of subplots and then almost creating a new plot for a sequel. And the way these harsh cuts happen, it almost leaves you saying, well, how does this scene end? What happens? And it leaves you asking these questions that the film's going to not answer because it's like saying... Hey, the whole point is to not answer your questions. Don't worry about that. Some more shit is going to happen. It's going to be just as alarming. So yeah. It keeps yep. the audience questioning what's happening next. What even happened previously? Yeah, I mean, like, to even take the the revelation that the the director is dead. Yeah. You know, the director, he, he got thrown from the window. And, you know, we don't see that happen. That's It, it wouldn't be difficult for Freakin to have shown us that. And, it, you know, it's not one more notch of disturbingness from from Reagan but A that would be tipping his hand a little too early and also he doesn't need to show it especially because he's going to show it later yeah exactly it would, it would ruin the climax if they did yeah we'll, we'll get to that because I, I really want to talk about that that's that's one of my favorite scenes in horror so I guess we'll break this down into three acts usually we talk about like oh yeah explain the plot the plot's a fucking exorcism the girl gets possessed that's yeah. it it's called the, the whole movie yeah. But we we kind of already touched on the, the opening act because yeah, a lot of it's Iraq and then it goes into building character. That's the thing that the first third does so well though. It really builds yeah. a great relationship between the mother and the daughter. Where the mother a lot and of the time you'd think it's an afterthought or it's like, well, of course they love each other. They're mother and daughter. That's great. I know I'm supposed to believe that, but the way they showcase it is so endearing. Yeah, they have a great rapport. Linda Blair, as a as a child star, she she was just she's great in this. She's so good. Oh man, I'm, I don't know why I'm blanking on her name, but the per, the, the lady who plays the mother. She got beat just, the fuck up in this movie. Yeah, she's fucking awesome in this. On screen and off. Yeah, she's the mother from Requiem for a Dream. Oh, I have. And she's that. she's fucking incredible in that. So I mean, I've never seen her be bad, and she's really good here. Like you definitely buy these. Her yeah, mother fantastic. and watching watching her distraught trying to figure out what's happening with Reagan you know she's talking to all these these doctors in this boardroom and they all can't fucking figure it out and even one of them jokingly suggests exorcism and it's like you're gonna joke joke about it this time like I read that as a joke I don't know if you did like he was he it almost felt like he was like oh you could try exorcism like it's I don't think it as a joke because I, I think it, He's taking it not like super seriously, but he's saying like he's offering it because he really has no alternative. Because he says yeah, like, "Oh, you know, it's more like a shock therapy. Like if they believe it, you know, yeah. it helps them get over it. But it's not doesn't have the same effect that you know the Catholics think it does. But it, but yeah. in his head, he's almost like saying like, just get her the fuck out of here. We can't it, do anything it, else. It just seems to me like he's he's giving her an option that he already automatically doesn't think is going to work. Yeah, I don't think he so, thinks it's going to work, but at the same time, he doesn't think anything's going to work. I guess maybe it feels, to me, a little bit condescending. I don't know if condescending's the word. I think it just feels like 
everything at the bottom line comes down to being implausible just try everything to him yeah maybe it's just you know that that scene alone is just like she's having this fucking absolute breakdown and every scene after that she's i would say a wreck that the the doctors are very much not taking things seriously from the get-go though and they, yeah i mean they the first thing, the first thing they suggest fucking yeah. like it's well, adhd they're well, saying they're I, literally i, I mean if you think about it like a 90 pound woman of a mother could save her fucking uh, her daughter in a car accident and the mom's looking at her like are you fucking her, serious her body is convulsing and raising on its own sinner's <laughs> like oh it's just the bed she's just shaking the bed her hands aren't touching the bed she can't be shaking the bed exactly. like and she most certainly is not shaking the bed and her mother also you can't she can't pick up her fucking body without pushing off of it. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, the way her body, the, the like, lifts up that, and shit. Yeah, the physics of that doesn't make sense. Yeah, she can't, idiot. she's not doing fucking 20 ab crunches a morning or anything. Like, she yeah. can't just do that. Yeah, he's just, not nah, just taking Ritalin. Just Ritalin. Just take Ritalin. Okay. Yeah, he's essentially he's essentially saying that his uh, that her daughter has ADHD, which I'm just sitting there listening to. Him. I'm like ADHD. Let me tell you what I got ADHD. I've never told someone to get their fingers away from my cunt before, You're or anything that. like that. Obviously, I don't have the plumbing for that, but you know the vulgar outbursts like that, like that's not ADHD. Like, yeah, that's that's not the same. <laughs> I mean, back then again, to be fair, back then their concept of these things were. Different well, back then, eighty. Yeah. I mean, ADHD wasn't a thing. Ritalin didn't have a name. Heavily prescribed too. Yes, but it, it's just like sitting listening like that's not even like again. It's, it's looking at it through twenty twenty one vision. Yeah, you just like you're. That's dumb. Like that's really stupid. But well, also, also no matter like, what, a doctor would never recommend an exorcism. Ever. No, hundred percent. I yeah. would never expect them to. The rest of the stuff that happens after that, though, like a lot of those, I'm like, oh, I mean, that sounds kind of logical. I guess you you look for the brain. You look at the brain. Like, yeah, that all makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. Therapist, I mean, a, a psychiatrist trying hypnotherapy makes sense. You know, all that stuff. I, I can buy all that. But that first one, I'm just like, really? I don't know if a doctor can recommend a psychiatrist, though. Uh, they can't recommend... I, I don't think it's really that he recommended it, but he was just saying, like, maybe try this. Yeah, I don't think that they can do that, though, really. I don't, Especially I don't in know. Especially in the type how, of scenario. I mean, I, I don't, don't think... I don't know the... Uh, a doctor can... I'm not a physician. I don't know if it depends upon what type of doctor. I don't know, I don't know if he was a primary care physician or if he's just like a, a doctor at a hospital. I don't know if that changes anything. I have no idea. I have no medical know-how. Yeah. I, I mean, it's so, a movie at the end of the day. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it really depends upon what his title is. Bald, I know certain titles can't can't give bald recommendations. Man, that's his title. The bald doctor. The bald, the almost bald doctor. Yeah. <laughs> just too afraid to shave the sides. Job, bro. Yeah, a lot of people. Bring, we're talking about the doctors, uh, doctor stuff. Like a lot of people say that the stuff in the hospital is actually more disturbing than the stuff with the exorcism. No, because of the because I I don't agree. Yeah, I mean there a lot it, of people. It is disturbing, but it's real and it, it's it's yeah, tough to lot, watch. That's the thing. Is like everyone everyone says that it's so it's much more disturbing because they know how real it looks because they yeah. like did a lot of research to try to replicate these procedures accurately and like it's also linda blair selling the performance where it's just like you feel really bad for this little girl going through all this shit and like you know they're sticking that thing in her neck and you know there's blood spurting out actually in her neck but it just you just feel like no no it does it's it's obviously not in her neck for real but like 
it looks like it is. Like, I know, when I'm watching it, it's spraying like, blood out. And like, I'm like, they didn't do this legal. to it, but like, I totally believe they did this to it right now. Yeah, like it looks real. And like knowing William Freakin, it's like if if they if they just give him a chance, he would have done it. If, if, uh, if, the way the if, blood starts coming out when they put the needle in it, sprays. It feels so natural when it starts coming out. Yeah, like the effect for it is absolutely fantastic. It's so perfectly timed. But it's it's sickening oh, to yeah. watch. Like it looks like you're watching someone's neck spurting blood, and yeah. it's really fucked up. And it's like, I wouldn't say that that's more more fucked up or disturbing than some of the shit that happens later on in the movie. I think nothing's more disturbing but than the cross. But it is fucked. Oh, the the, the, the cross-stabbing? Oh, absolutely not. That's, that is the most disturbing thing in the entire movie, in my opinion. It's so uncomfortable with it just being a, a little girl. like. Yeah, and then the shoving her mother's face. And shoving her mother's face in it. It's fucking gross. And slapping the absolute living shit out of her and throwing her across the room. Yeah, no. That that is absolutely that is I think that's the first scene in the exorcist I ever saw. It, it um, set quite an impression. It set quite an impression. I can't remember the first one I ever saw. I think I remember like um I've seen was, clips uh, of the fucking head turning around. I used to see it all the time. Yeah. But like I, I, I was a pansy ass motherfucker and uh, back in the day I used to run those uh, those like what's it like two scary challenges on YouTube where like they'd put like a bunch of scary clips from horror movies together and you sit down and watch them and try not to scream or something I've never done that was, that was one of them I can't remember really what the other ones were but I, I distinctly remember that it's pretty hard to forget <laughs> like yeah that was pretty fucked yeah all the hospital stuff's bad this the church the, the the cross is bad the whole finale is fucked <laughs> oh yeah it, it, the problem like this movie is not like horrific as in like the oh my god or like the the shock moment it's yeah everything it's not is constant so unsettling and uncomfortable yeah as everything's just transpiring you're like oh i wish this would wrap up i wish it just go by so much faster please it's also just like because the whole movie obviously like we were talking about like the harsh cuts and everything that all sets up this sense of unease it's also the the effects you know the whole movie they're, they're trying to ramp up tension from the point where she starts to show signs of being possessed to yeah. this incredible final act and you go from simple effects like you know the the shaking bed or jumping bed to physical stunts like her you know jumping up and down the bed and slamming back and forth on the bed yeah but once you get to like the real fucking crazy shit, like the cross, like all the stuff with her skin, the that they make her up, plus her neck the performance from Linda, 360 her, degrees. Yep, more than once, and it, it, it's the it's the last time that she does it. That's the, the I think the creepiest because it's so slow. Yeah. Um, and, and, and again, it's the sound design. You know, I was talking to you, I was talking to you right before we started recording, saying like the sound design is a point, a thing I want to bring up because on my because I watched it on a Blu-ray, you watch it digitally. Digital. I have a surround sound system, and I, I watched the director's cut when they're coming up the stairs towards the end. Actually, get, uh, throughout a lot of the movie, when they're walking around the house, there's little whispers from Pazuzu everywhere across the front the back sides yeah that is just i i could hear it on the the digital i just can't decipher what they're saying or anything i i couldn't even really tell what they were uh, i heard a couple times one of them uh it was when when father Marin finally showed up one of them was saying Marin. oh yeah, yeah but that's the only one that i remember uh probably Marin and karis yeah but they were all over the room like they were in the room with me that is 
horrifying. And obviously, it's replicating stuff that they kind of did back in the day in the theaters. Yeah. Or like they would do now on a re-release. And that is horrifying to hear it like passing over your head because like it even follows like camera moves because the camera will turn and the voice will shoot across the room to where it should be it's it sounds like not just with with those little voices but like the neck cracking as it's turning around the fucking gross ass sound of her throwing up that pea soup you know honestly the i guess the first frames of of, uh the exorcist i saw that i that were like translations of it were not the exorcist it was scary movie too yeah, bad movie. I hate those fucking movies now. I like scary. I like scary movie one. I haven't seen it in a long time. Haven't had a desire to. When I was scary young, movie two, I used to love those movies. Dumb. They were so fucking terrible. Everything about yeah, I, them was terrible. I have no idea how I would react if I actually rewatched scary movie now. I hate the second one. I hate it the most out of all of them. The, the second one is painful. Yeah. I went back and I rewatched that because it was on Netflix one day and I watched it. Like I got to the scene where I think the vampire, uh, the vampire, what the fuck, the um, the ghost was was having sex with that girl. Yeah. I'm just like, this is dumb. The whole movie's like, really, fucking really dumb. bad. And like, I don't know. I, I love the fact that like it's such an our generation thing to love that movie. And, and I, I just don't. Every time I uh, I go to like a party or something, I was like, yeah, my germs. I'm just like, I literally think in my head like, your brain's the same as a fucking Neanderthal. So don't be near me. I, I fucking hate that shit. <laughs> I remember. I remember when I used to we used to go to school and people would be like, what's that for the okay, first movie? That shit's, that shit's pretty. Funny. It can be. Depends I, on how long it's done it's, for. It's fucking stupid. It's so stupid. No, it, it I is absolutely ridiculous. When I was younger, obviously, but there's just something funny about getting the ghost face to do that. That I just that is yeah. It, that's what this what I mean. Like the first, I think the first scary movie has a, a decent chunk of funny stuff in it. Scary movie two, dumb. Uh, scary movie three. I, also I don't pretty think dumb. it's very funny. I just think like it's nostalgia. Yeah. There's some. I'll shit. say though, there's that's one so thing in scary movie two that I think is really funny. Well, it's uh it's <laughs> no human blood's pretty funny it's not funny no. but it's so stupid i'm like i enjoy this i actually i think this is a, i think this is a scary movie too with the the exorcist scene where um it's it's james woods as Marin. yeah and, and uh he comes in and sees sees what's going on he goes no at least oh <laughs> that's pretty funny i mean i, I think james woods is pretty funny not yeah. not a great person. Have you seen uh, Scary Movie three and four? Three, yes, four, no. Dude, those movies are fucking terrible. But there's something about it that's so funny. Like, dude, every time it runs, doesn't the three have Neil- Leslie? So isn't Leslie Nielsen in three? Isn't he the president or whatever? Yeah, he's the president. Pisses out his finger. Yeah. Okay. The the pissing out of the finger thing that made me laugh pretty hard. Michael, I Charlie Sheen that shit made me laugh pretty hard. Oh, was that when the wife gets split in half? Yeah, he goes like, "Can I?" spend time with the lower half what do you mean here let me show you there's the hot dog and the donut the very stupid fucking 2000s joke it's so stupid that's one of those movies like it's, it's one of those movies where i can look at that and say that's really bad you want to know something it's also really kind bad of in funny that movie is the m&m scene where it's making fun of eight mile where he does a whole rap sequence being like oh yeah man my cousins call me wonder bread and i was like yeah dude the white guy's making jokes about stuff he's funny and it was like they're really into his rap, and he puts his hood up, and it goes like that. <laughs> he looks like a clansman, and he just goes, "Yeah!" He starts marching around like, "All right!" And I was like, "I forgot about that." <laughs> it's so bad. Yikes! Yeah, no. I if I never watch, uh, I wouldn't mind watching the first scary movie again just to see if it holds up for me. I doubt I it will. I only watch but... it so you know it doesn't hold up. Yeah, I mean, hey, if it doesn't hold up, then you'll trust me. I'll tell you, but. <laughs> 
I, I wouldn't mind seeing that one again, but the other ones I have no desire to ever see again. If that franchise ever came back, I would I would possibly lay in traffic. Yeah. Well, they came back. They did, and then the they... The Haunted House movies. Oh, I'm talking about like, literally the scary movie franchise, but yeah, you're right. I, it's they're, the they're still kind of making. It's the same yeah, they're shit. still making movies. It's yeah. the same shit. It's it's them making horror movie parodies. Dumb, dumb comedies. <laughs> dumb. Yeah. Well, whatever. People but... can like what they like. I have the right to judge, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about not that. A, a good movie. Yeah. So we've we've covered the first two acts. Let's talk about the final act then. I. What do you think about the final act? I again, like I said, I went into this totally forgetting a lot of this movie. Like I thought I had this movie down pat and understood and remembered a lot of it, but I don't. And when I got to the final act, I was surprised by like how late in the game it was. Yes. Like, I couldn't I couldn't actually check where the runtime was at because I watched this on my on my PlayStation 5 and there's no function to check like the Really? The runtime, yeah. I kept trying to oh, find a way. Fuck was, that. Fuck I don't that. know it. If there is a way, I don't know it. So I, I was like, I, should, I kept trying to check, like, how long do I have left in this movie? And it's just like, it would not let me check it. And I was like, okay. It's not like Triangle, see. like it used to be? Nope, Triangle brings up, like, just the menu itself, like the little, um, the little, like, uh, controls. So, Stupid. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I didn't know how far in, but it had to have been, when the exorcism itself started, it had to have been, like, ma- minimum. There had to have been like 20 minutes left. The exorcism is not more than 20, 25 it, minutes. It's, it's so. very short. Actually, I, I would say less than 20. It has to be 20 minutes because the movie's two hours and one minute with credits. It's two hours and 12 for me. Yeah, so it, it can't be like anything crazy. It has to be like the last 20 minutes. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy how, you know, the movie's called The Exorcist and The Exorcism's pretty, pretty short. Yeah. But, you know... Father Marin's showing up because he's he's pretty much just at the beginning of the movie, and then, and then he's gone yeah. for the entire movie. Yeah, until the the very end. And honestly, I mean, like Marin showing up is that iconic shot. That's the poster. I and really, yeah, uh, I really that, wish that shot's still fire. I wish they would just have some time to talk about Marin explaining how he might actually know what this demon is. You see, maybe that's not in in the theatrical cut. I don't know, but he does. Talk, they do talk about Marin. The the two oh. um, priests. Yeah, but I wish Marin would talk about it. Oh, Marin would say like, "Hey, I found I I probably released Pazuzu." Because I I know that the priests talk about him as they're getting him. They're like, "Oh yeah, Father Marin. Okay. He spent time I'm, in Iraq. He's in Woodstock he, he, he right now. A, yeah, he's in Woodstock right now. He did okay. exorcism in Africa ten years ago. And okay, yeah, yeah, theatrical. yeah. Yeah. It would be nice know. to have him just. You, talk you think to, he would like, say Karis. something about it? Yeah, you you think he would say something? You think that the um. Oh, they they don't know it's Pazuzu, but even um, what's his name? Um, to be fair, Marin doesn't know it's Pazuzu until he gets there. No, 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 he doesn't. But I would like so, to have some indication. I mean, I wish that like after the first session when they step out, I wish he said something. Yeah. Like, cool. Like something like this feels familiar, or just something. Yeah, or like I recognize the voice, the voice, or whatever. Or I recognize the antics. I know it's Pazuzu or whatever, but yeah. yeah. But he shows up. It is kind of like one of these like epic moments. He's fucking awesome. And, and this He's movie so went like this movie shot. This movie shot in full, you know, full frame, man. Like, it, and I don't mean like four by three. I mean like corner to corner widescreen, man. It is a big blown up film, and it is gorgeous. And when he fucking steps out of that cab in that foggy street, you get that iconic shot. It is magic. Yeah, it is. 
It is so good. And when he enters the house, it's kind of wild to me that that fucking Max uh, Max von Sydow's in this. He's like forty, and he's playing an like a ninety year old man, and it's a hundred percent convincing to the point that I didn't know that. And when I was seeing him pop up in things, when I was watching him like as, as a, like a teenager, I'm like, damn man, he hasn't aged a day since Exorcist. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> just like you, you learn, learn more about. It. It's like he's just under pounds and pounds. He's just you know, under a lot of makeup and they grayed his hair out. And I'm like, that is insane. How good the makeup for him looks. Oh, he looks like an elderly man. The um, way he shakes his hand when he's in the bathroom. Yeah, like when he's holding his thing and he's shaking, shaking his hand. I'm like that's that's absolutely like his performance is fantastic. He's barely in the movie. Like he's not in the movie very much, but every time he's on screen, he is absolutely fantastic. Oh, one hundred percent. He commands the screen with his presence, like no tomorrow. Yeah, you think when Karis is in the scene, you're like, oh well, it's Father Karis. He's gonna be just fucking killing it. But when Marin's on screen, it's like, holy shit, dude. Kinda, like, There's no watch... falter in his step. Everything has a strong power to him. He's like never backs down. Well, it's kind of the thing too. It's like he he shows up. He has this kind of you know kindly old man look and, and demeanor. You know he's so, very soft spoken when he's talking to to the mother and all this stuff. But as soon as he has to throw down with Bazuzu, he is absolutely commanding. His voice. He is absolutely the baddest motherfucker in the room. <laughs> like he he is there. He's like I fucking fought demons before. I will fight him again. Let's go, boys. Just the scene and, where he takes his glasses off when he gets spit on. He's like. I don't fucking give a he, shit. He just keeps talking. He just he's just like, okay, well, you know what? Fuck you. How about that? Um, that? That actually transitions into one of my favorite scenes is when um he starts the exorcist and he puts the uh like the, the cloth from his neck around her and it looks like she's like a short circuited machine where she just starts she vomits out onto it. Like she's yeah. not intending to, it's just falling out of her. I'm like, that's fucking an amazing shot. Is an amazing shot, and then like he just like calmly like collects it up and hands it to Father Karras, and Karras goes washes it off, and he puts it back on. And I'm like, kisses fucking it absolute, absolute madman. Yeah, absolute madman. I would not have touched that thing unless it was at least soaked in Purell for at least a night. That's disgusting, but whatever. You know, he had a job to do. But it, it's kind of funny because it's like we follow Karras for a lot of this movie. We learn a lot about him. We, we're with him during his trials and tribulations with his mother and his issues with faith, which is a big, a big part of his character and you expect him to be like as soon as he notices that it is an it is a real situation where they need to do an exorcism you think that his faith would be completely reignited he's just dumbstruck it's not and the entire time he's he is so just absolutely stunned when the exorcism starts that he's forgetting to, to, to do his part which you mean like i've never done an exorcism i don't know if this is if this is correct but like maybe that's why it didn't work the first time why I had to come back for it. So, like, the, the best thing about the ending is because Pazuzu goes into him, he jumps oh, out the window. Yeah, I, I specifically very much want to talk about that scene. Yeah, let's talk about that. It. That is that is my fa- one of my favorite scenes in the horror movies. Yeah. Because it, it's not just that part of the scene. It's the, before it's the part immediately before. When I say, like, <clears throat> I think Jason Miller's performance in this movie, especially considering, as far as I understand, he was not really an actor before this movie. He is absolutely fantastic in this. And when he sits down, he's defeated. Like he's just like, I don't know if we can do this. Like he, he got kicked out of the exorcism by the homeroom. He got kicked out of homeroom by uh, by Mr. Mayor. Yeah. But uh yeah, he uh he gets kicked out because he you know he's he's fallen for 
Pazuzu's tricks and he's not in the right headspace to, to be a part of the exorcism. And Father Marin asks him kindly to go. And he goes out goes downstairs defeated. He's like, well, can Marin do this without me, essentially? Like, he's sitting there, like, all defeated because he's like, well, I, I can't help if, if I'm going to fall for these tricks. And, you know, the mother walks out and says, is she going to die? And he just looks at her and he says no and then when he stands up he wait he pauses and you know that he has regained his faith and he he's gonna go in there he's gonna save her so come hell or high water he's going in there to save her whether it takes his life or not this is my biggest question because you said he pauses he regained his faith and he goes in there the best thing about the ending is that he doesn't finish the exorcism. He doesn't no. do that. He takes Pazuzu into him and he jumps. Yeah. Does he really... Does he actually have his faith back? I think he does. But that's the, that's that's why I, the scene I, works. You think he for does. Me, for me, that plays to me like the reason why he was able to go back up those stairs is because of his faith. But you could also read it by saying it doesn't have to do with his faith, just the fact that he wants to make sure this this little girl's okay. He wants Maybe. to do the right thing. He wants Maybe. to save her. But I also think that if you're going to believe in someone like Pazuzu, you have to believe in someone on the other side of the equation. I would agree, too. If I you saw know, if you're, my if you're bed shaking in front of me and a demon yeah. and a little girl, I'd say, oh, that's I've got some fucking conviction in my words right now. That's I my thing. Like, I wouldn't falter. But it's a lot tougher for him. Yeah, that's my thing, though. It's like the whole... I mean, obviously, they make a very very clear point earlier in the film to state that he is he feels that he might have lost his faith yes and you know seeing all this happen again like it they people always say it you know if you if you believe in one side of the equation you believe in you have to believe in the other and if you're gonna look it it, it is or it isn't that's so not true i that statement is so like marginalizing to like a, a monotheistic religion though like that yeah. isn't fucking true. To believe in one, you have to believe in the other. Yeah, I mean, I I would have to say I would have to say that just distilling that down to its to its more basic terms. If you believe in bad, you have to believe in good. Good yeah, has I mean, to exist if there is bad. Afterlife, though. No, he's saying that, that yeah. they're saying that if there's a if there's a bad side of the equation, there's the devil. Pazuzu, they're not saying Pazuzu yeah. is the devil, but if 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 there's one side of the equation that is the devil, then there has to there's be some probably sort of someone higher, on the other yeah, side. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. So I'm just saying you know, that statement in whether, general is yeah, like whether whether you agree with it or not. I mean, that's that's the basic principle, I guess, uh, of that kind of a of a lifestyle. But to me, when he's going up there, he like, he believes he, it's kind of hard not to believe <laughs> believe that um yeah that this that this thing is that this this thing is a demon, and you can take it into your body. I feel like at that point, you you have regained your faith your faith because you're believing in this evil thing, and I I feel like especially because he is a priest, I I feel like that perspective is pretty i think the read I, I think the scene reads more as not regaining his faith though but regaining his conviction in general at the end of yeah, the I mean, day i don't think it's that father cares is like you know what jesus was fucking mega real <laughs> god is fucking hype yeah i think at the end of the day he's just saying like i am not gonna be responsible for the death of this little girl i'm gonna yeah. fix this i'm gonna make sure that she's okay I'm not saying he doesn't regain his faith. I'm not saying that's not what yeah, happens. No, I, I understand. I just think the scene works better because he doesn't complete the exorcism. He does yeah. have to suck him into him and he I'm, I'm gl- commits suicide. Yeah, yeah and, and to me it's like, again, like this feels like it's, it's a, it's a um, completion of an arc. Because I mean that, that that's that's one of the things the earliest things before they even talk I think before they even talk about his dead mother or his dying mother, uh, they talk about how he's losing his faith. So yep. to me, when you start to sow the seeds like that, I'm just like, well, this is probably what's what's going to be happening. 
but also at the same time, instead of just because they already say like he's not experienced enough to finish the exorcism. If he finished the exorcism himself, he wouldn't be able to because because Father Marin's dead. So the only uh, he knows that I, I think I think he makes a choice because he thinks the only other option at this point because Marin is dead and it's a two man job at least is if he takes this demon into him somehow and frees himself away from the girl that this this demon will be banished and he makes a split second decision a very selfless decision and it's it's fucking awesome i i love jason miller in this he is so fucking good and whenever when i was sitting there i got chills when when he asks her when she asks him is is my daughter gonna die and he says no and he just goes back up those fucking stairs and i'm like I that's mean, a badass motherfucker right there i wouldn't say best scene but my favorite scene in the movie. I, I would say it's my favorite I wouldn't say it's the best. I think sure. other scenes are probably on paper better scenes. Um, the, but... the actual exorcism is incredible. Yeah. Not just, you know, obviously the performances from both of them are fucking awesome. And, and um, I Linda think Blair, but gives the, the best performance. performance in the film. She's awesome. I, I just think, like, what's required of this woman in this film for this type of story, she doesn't just give a good performance. I think it's hands down one of the best performances you could see from a mother character in any type of film. Yeah. You really well believe that is her daughter that is being taken advantage of, being destroyed from the inside and out. Yeah. What oh, Ellen Bernstein. Amazing performance. Ellen Bernstein. That's her name. I mean, all of the acting in this is fucking perfect. I wouldn't change performance. I even like the detective. Yeah, he, he's he's not he, he's not in it too too much. For some reason, I remembered uh, the scene where he asks her for her autograph for her autograph being way earlier in the movie. I love that scene. I think it's really funny. Yeah, I, I, I actually love that. Um, me, I love that. Yeah, I saw your movie six times. Wow, really? Angel. But the thing about the team, like, bring just bringing it back to Bernstein's performances. You have that scene where he, she's talking, you know, doing the thing that famous people do when they're talking to fans, like they're really nice about it and. You know, signing an autograph and you know being like oh wow you watched that movie seven times wow that's crazy wow here's your autograph and as soon as she shuts the door she fucking breaks down yeah because he knows that her daughter's responsible for killing that the person that she's yeah. seeing yeah fantastic it, it's fucking just she's so good man you, you i mean like i it's it's hard to recommend watching it but you need to see wrecking for a dream because she is she might be the best yeah, part about wrecking for I a dream not do that anytime soon yeah, it's a tough movie. It's a very tough movie to watch. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. That's that's a, but it's a very very tough movie to watch. But she, her, everybody in the movie has has a drug addiction. Hers is diet pills. Oh, yeah, it's I mean, I her, her, per- <laughs> her her performance alone is the reason to watch the movie. She's she is the best part of the the movie. I think she got an Academy Award nominated for it too, and she deserved it. Probably should deserve, she probably deserved to win. I don't, I don't know. The 99 other, was the year that came out. In. Yeah. So it been the 2000 Oscars. I don't remember what, what came out in 99 that it would have been up against. She probably would have been the best out. supporting actress. Matrix. <clears throat> Matrix would have been out. I don't know if, it, if that got attention or not. doesn't matter. Point is, Ellen Burstyn's a fucking awesome actress. And, you know, I've only ever seen her in two things, but, you know, she's incredible. I think I've... her performance in this film is the best. I, I think everybody's a fantastic performer. I love every everything that's been given out. I just think the job she was given, she ran it to the moon. I, I'm just so amazed yeah. by her performance. Yeah, she's wonderful. I would say, like, it's her or Linda Blair for me. Because she's su- she's such... I mean, she's not that young. She's like 13, 14. The actual actress, not the character's 12. Yeah. But, um, you know, she she's... 
still a younger actress, and what she's asked to do in this beyond just I mean obviously they they probably dub they dubbed over her with the voice yeah but she's still as a presence a, yeah a physical presence on screen incredible she is there's a reason why she's iconic she literally she, for an entire generation of people she was the bane of our existence because she was at the end of all those fucking screamer things where they play like a little clip and all of a sudden slam you with a picture of uh mm-hmm. Reagan at the end of it yeah, with a big screen going up like the mountain or whatever yeah so it's, it's like she, there's a reason why actually I've seen some with like different endings to it than that but yeah yeah but they did a bunch of those they'd be on like funny junk and shit like that but uh that shit's gone yeah I mean so it's cringe so yeah like she she was the bane of our entire generation because that shit she was screamers were one of the fucking worst things on the internet for the longest time but also like just like watching her i had nightmares of reagan as a kid from the screamers the more so the movie. i didn't see the movie till i was i was a bit older but you know like i i had vivid nightmares of her like waiting at the end of my bed like she's horrifying asking for high fives no definitely not asking for a high five hey down low buddy no no that's under the bed ah <laughs> yeah just an arm rolls out yeah no i'm yeah that's that's she's horrifying and it's not even just like what she's obviously when she's Pazuzu she's incredible but she's she's really good before that she's a a genuine yeah so she's a genuine kid she's having a good time she's happy with her mom even though you know she's got some rough stuff going on with her dad being a piece of shit you know she's just a genuine kid you know I I remember like the, the scene where she's talking to her mother about getting a horse yeah and just laughing at that because it's pretty funny She's just talking like, to her mom about like her being with the director. That's yeah. not what I heard. <laughs> but it's like, I also like I remember those kinds of conversa- having those kinds of conversations with my dad. Yeah. Where well, like I would horse? say, not about a horse. <laughs> Um, but like I, you know, I'd see something at the store, or my my friend would have hey, Dad, some some can I buy a pack of gum. No, Michael. Yeah, we have gum yeah. at home. It's just like a no. bottle of water. No, the the best the best thing was like we we would be talking about I don't know it was like a, a video game or something. I'd be like, you know, Dad, I'm playing this game at my friend's house, and it was like this is you could do this 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 and this and this. It's like oh, it's really fun, Dad. Can I have it? No. You want to hear no. one of my stories about like it's a mo- lo- it's a lot less cute than it is in this movie. The, the most like no. fucking depressing moment of my childhood at going to like Toys R Us with my grandfather is I wanted to get like a fucking video game for like GameCube or whatever. It's probably yeah. like I think it was like Naruto or something, one of the Clash of Ninja games. Here's your first mistake. All right, fuck off, dumbass. <laughs> those those are actually pretty fun. Um, fighting Naruto. Games. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Your I, I, I've watched like three episodes of Naruto. I have nothing to, to really say about it. But yeah, <laughs> it, it, those are fun games. Connor had the first one. I was like, oh, it's the second one. I'm like, hey, man, what if I got that game? He goes, what if you didn't? <laughs> You're not getting it. I was so fucking pissed. I was like, I really want that fucking game. I feel like you son of a bitch. You fucking done me wrong this time. I won't forget this. And like, I, I remember sitting in like my in the car, fucking angry as shit, like. I get, I'm not, I got nothing to play when I get home now, asshole. And I'm just sitting there, and the song on the radio goes, You can't always get what you want. Oh, that's too perfect. And, and I looked at him, and, I was, and I'm like, fuck you. Like, I, was, <laughs> I was like, I know you didn't turn the song on. Fuck you, and fuck the radio station. Change it. I, I was just so mad. 
obviously I'm like seven, so I'm not saying that, but I'm just like, mm, mm. <laughs> fucking terrible, like terrible day. That's funny. Hilarious in hindsight. Very. Yeah, it's funny. really funny. <laughs> in the moment, heartbreak. Not not so much shattered. Funny. Life is yeah. meaningless. Yeah, I mean, I remember, I remember being a kid and fucking getting mad about not getting certain things my, my mom left me in the middle of a blockbuster because i was like i want to rent this game or something and she's like nope and i was mad about it she just left me there no, I don't think I for like for like she, she walked outside and waited for like five minutes and then came back I and i still got to go home and watch flubber because we had like two blockbusters in I, I went town. to the, I, I went to the one the town over oh really which one <laughs> can't really describe it <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The town starts with a B. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah, True. so, I mean, there was two in our local area. I had not gone to them. In our town, there were there? In our town? There was two. I, I can't remember. I used to go I, to Age of Video. I, that's the thing. I didn't go to them. I used to. I would go to Age of Video more than anything. Cause there was because it's close. There was one in the town and then one in the town over. Yeah. And I went to the one town over a lot so i never went to blockbuster more than probably like 20 30 times sounds like a lot but like age of video is like way more. yeah but when you when you consider how often i mean when you consider how how long blockbuster was around when we were a lot when we were when we were around that 30 is not a lot no it's not i just remember whenever it was my mom's weekend i would go over to her house and we would go to blockbuster and we would rent a movie and, and maybe a game depending upon how good i was Dude. And you know, we used to. I rented. I remember. I remember like that time when she left me there. I still. I was like. I. I got to leave. Yeah, I was. I was upset. I couldn't get the thing I wanted, but I still managed. She still rented Flubber for me. <laughs> I don't know why. Why I wanted to watch Flubber that bad. Probably because Robin Williams and I like this is Doubtfire. Well, if you get left there, I mean, you kind of feel obligated to get something at that point. Yeah, I mean, she stepped outside for five minutes, but. Yeah, too long. That's how you terrify a seven-year-old is just leave the leave the house, leave the the, the the building. I remember one time uh, I pissed my grandfather off. I was messing with him. I was like, "I'll beat you up, old man." And I'm like fucking ten. I was like, "Dude, I'll kick your ass. I I could do it, man. I run really fast." And I kept messing with him, and he pushed me off of his foot, but he pushed me so hard he knocked the wind out of me. <laughs> oh, I remember. And he that. goes, "Oh man, I'm that. so sorry. Do you want to go to Toys R Us?" <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was like I should get my ass kicked more often <laughs> small price to pay you just gotta stop pi- breathing for a few minutes I can picture your grandpa saying you wanna go tell you that yeah sick uh, yeah I god, mean it, it's god damn it Scott blockbusters and, and stuff like it's funny cause like it, it's not necessarily like on purpose but we've subtly had to like make replacements for those times like when blockbuster was gone we'll go to fye we'll just go there for a bit we'll spend our time there browsing for movies we just won't buy them because we're fucking poor and then we're just checking out oh yeah oh they brought that in cool it's too expensive fuck you fye nice and then fye is gone because they suck and everything's way too expensive then we're like, moved to another town. Oh, cool. We'll have to go to like Best Buy, and now Best Buy fucking sucks. Yeah, now Best Buy is absolute trash. And now it's I'm so like angry. We've been stuck with having to use services like streaming services and Amazon to buy every. And we've movie. been so adamant, like, fuck this stuff. We want physical media, but it's almost like the world's telling you, grow the fuck up. And it's just like, no, you grow the fuck up. This is better. It sucks. Yeah. I mean, like, I can't I'll start, imagine I'll start, going to a video store and renting The Exorcist, being like, "This shit." 
I was saying it earlier too. Like I'm glad I watched this on my Blu-ray because the picture quality is fucking incredible. I'm sure for a Blu-ray, I was stunned. I like I was really stunned. I, and the only reason I even have the Blu-ray is because it was on sale at Best Buy for like six bucks around Halloween. I had this. I got the Steelbook with a, with a holographic cover. Yeah, I got the the Steelbook one. It's pretty neat. I'm jealous. That'd probably be probably a really pretty well, Steelbook. You got the uncut though. Where's the actual? Yeah, I also I don't like the like they gave me a they gave me a slip cover, but the the cover is just like uh, Reagan green, and looking up that's that shot of her just looking up. Yeah. Uh, Side eyed. I and like this is this is not really good looking. And then I pull out the slip the actual like interior artwork is just the like the iconic poster image. I'm like I wish this was the slip. Well, yeah, like we if it ain't broke, don't fix never it. Never like, change the artwork of what was originally supposed to come out like i was talking about the goosebump books you can't get any of the books with the original artwork anymore they i didn't... have goosebumps number one original very nice it's the only goosebumps i have <laughs> but you cannot get any of them with the original art- artwork They're, it's yeah, all, all, re- all the, redone artwork yeah all the packs you get are, are, are new the, art, the artwork is worse Sorry. but regardless even if the artwork was better you should not change the original art for something that is so not even just iconic but like it's a staple we should not be changing the art if I yeah. get a new cover for the burning I don't want to have a different cover than the original poster like you should yeah. have the fucking posters that were originally coming out with these films I hate that shit that it's not like that the slip and the original the, the, the interior art when you unwrap it should be the original poster yeah if you want to extra extra slip should be like the the reverse should be the yeah the the new art if if they want to give that to you yeah i think it's fine to have a choice but it's sometimes you don't get a choice which is the worst part it's like hey dude this was the poster when it came out this is what i want like yeah and like like for, for something like the exorcist like the image of Father Marin in the fog with that beam of light coming down on him. Again, great imagery. Yeah. For like, it, it's kind of hard to say like, oh, just very unsubtly. He's showing up. He's like a ray of a ray from God. So like, yeah, that's the fucking point. It's an exorcist. Like, it, it is supposed to be unsubtle. Like, it's yeah. not. It's not that fucking. It, it it is an exorcist. That's literally what he is. Yeah. Well, how you gonna but, make uh, it subtle? Being like, hey, just exercising with the homies. Yeah. But like that should always be the cover. I mean, like yeah, it should be. It, it's cool to have like alternate like steel books with different art or you know alternate covers if you like for alternate releases and stuff. Like I get that, and I'm I'm appreciative that the inner art isn't that ugly ass green shot of Reagan and it's mm-hmm. the classic art. But it is it is kind of annoying. It's like you, I get it because it's part of a promotion. That's why they're like that. Because I got te- Texas Chainsaw Massacre one too, the remake, and it, it's a similar cover, but actually kind of funny the slip cover is the the classic art that most people think of when they think of that remake and the interior artwork is like a a weird redone home release version weird yeah it's the exact opposite it's weird anyways doesn't matter not part of the movie but my little rant about physical media for today hey dude it's all part of the hustle whatever yeah no this movie we've pretty much talked in length about what we had to say I mean the only thing we should really discuss shortly because you know it's getting a bit long already but just why this is so impactful for the 70s i mean like if you really look at like movies this this arrived pretty early in the 70s i think like 72 or 73 no it didn't really i'm kidding i think it pretty sure it was like 73 yeah i was gonna say like i'm fairly certain it's early 70s and for a time like that like this is 
there's nothing like this that's in the public consciousness not counting like grindhouse movies that do fucked up shit but like this was vi- this was a an eye-opening movie for a lot yeah, of people 73 yep yeah, this movie, it delivered imagery and situations that no one was used to seeing. I can't think of, off the top of my head, very many movies that dealt with the concept of exorcism before this. That doesn't mean they don't exist, I just may not know of them. But this brought it to the forefront of public consciousness. Which it and, stayed to this day. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, so many mo- so many movies today are still chasing this movie. Yeah. You, you, have, you have a lot of like, just different different types of movies that that go after exorcism you know you they usually like are fucking terrible too yeah i mean there's out, out of like recent crops of them i can only think of a couple that i really like and that's like the last exorcism uh, also coincidentally a found footage movie that i enjoy i don't like found footage movies as i've said before but that's a good one i saw that in theaters when it came out it was really scary but um you know that one the exorcism of emily rose which kind of like this one kind of sidesteps what you think it's going to be because it's, it's mostly a courtroom drama that uses the exorcism as, like, evidence that they're bringing out. It's actually really good. It's a really good movie. One of Scott Derrickson's better films. Uh, but, like, you have movies like that, and I think, I think it's a Conjuring 1 that has an exorcism in it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think because, I don't, um... Actually, both, don't both they? Don't both of them do? Conjuring 1 and 2? I can't remember. I haven't watched Psychos in theaters. I, I, I'd have to think yeah. about it. But I know Conjuring the Conjuring films it. are very different though, because they're not structured no. being exorcist films. Or... Yeah, it, they're mostly haunted house movies till the very end. Yeah, and they do an exorcism there, which is good. But you know, you get you still get movies that are like, I want this to be like The Exorcist. Yeah, and I, to to my knowledge, none of them have come close. I, I think. When this film came out in 73, it really changed the atmosphere of what you're looking at in horror. Uh, by the 70s, we're getting to a period where Chainsaw comes out in 74, Black yeah, it's Christmas wild. comes out in 75, Halloween comes out in 78. Everything after The Exorcist starts developing the slasher genre, and then the slasher genre takes off and just fucking kills through the 80s. But yeah. when The Exorcist came out... This just fucking dropped audiences like never before. It's like this is nothing like we've ever seen before. Yeah. And in the, in that period until about 74, 75, yeah, it's only a year, but for that year, everyone's like, I, I'm fucking terrified of the unknown again. And yeah. it's so, that's what made slashers really pick up if you ask me though. To have people say, I'm terrified of the unknown. Like, what is above or below can haunt me. That's when Hooper, Hooper comes in and he goes, all right, you're scared? Be scared of your neighbor. And then Chainsaw just fucking terrorizes you in general. You're like, yeah. oh my god. I'm worried about, you know, the afterlife. I have to worry about fucking Tony down the street. <laughs> you see, this is kind of why, like, we talked about, like, our favorite decades for horror. This is kind of why 70s is my favorite decade. Yeah, there's, it, there's it, so it, many boundary pushing movies in this decade. You know, just like you know, we we start out the decade with boundary pushing movies like this, and immediately the next year, Texas Chainsaw comes out, and then, and then that, with Black it Christmas. around around that, Black Christmas comes out, and yeah, then you have movies, Halloween's at the end, of the at the end, you have Alien, the Amity, the Amityville Horror '79. You have yeah, fucking uh, uh, the Omen is towards the end of the '70s too. Like uh, Don't Look Now. Which is one I, I haven't seen Don't Look Now yet, but that's one that a lot of people point to as being I believe that's also a um, possession movie, but I'm not positive. But uh, you know, that was one that's very, you know, boundary pushing as well. 
the 70s were a wild time everything just picks up and then just evolves the entire genre went through a deep red of change deep red came out in in the 70s so did suspiria that's Um, yeah david cronenberg shivers which was really uh, it was actually a first time watch i think this year very very kind of insane movie because it's zombies but they're sex crazed zombies and that pushing the the boundaries of like sexuality in movies was pretty crazy at the time yeah, I know. Uh, it's just funny because it's Cronenberg. Yes, yeah, Cronenberg. But, yeah. Uh, now all I picture is fucking uh, Killer from uh, Nightbreed. Yeah. Creepy-ass fucking psychiatrist over here trying to try to bang. Yeah, like, the 70s were a crazy fucking time. And it, it's kind of crazy. Like some, transition. Some of these transgressive movies that really fucked up people, like Exorcist and Texas Chainsaw especially, because Black Christmas is, is a movie that a lot of people still haven't seen. Yeah. But, like, that, like even Halloween. Like, Halloween reinforced what Chainsaw Texas Chainsaw started Chainsaw, yeah. so it, it continued this this you know we had a, we actually had like a, a kind of mixture of you have all these like supernatural horror movies like Exorcist like Annieville Horror like The Omen and all that stuff and then you'd have all these other kinds of movies especially like the birth of the slasher genre and it's just like putting things on film that previously we wouldn't have like, I couldn't picture a movie like this. I mean, I think this movie was written in, like, 1950-something. The book, I should say. I could not imagine this movie coming out in the 50s. I couldn't imagine it coming out in the 60s. Yeah. It, it couldn't happen any other time than the 70s. The film perfectly reflects the decade that it came out in. Yeah, I mean, it's perfect. It's based on a real case from 49, I think. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it, this movie is a marvel. Final wrap-up? It's a marvel? It's a Marvel. It's a Marvel movie. It's cinema. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, no. Yeah. No. It's like Justice uh, League? It's like Justice League, bro. Oh, nice. Yeah, no, I mean, this... It, it's horror royalty, let's be completely frank. Like, yeah. You know, some people might still, these days, call it overrated. I, stupid. I couldn't imagine it. They're Could stupid. not imagine it. You know, just, like, take, taking out of the equation, like, oh, I think this this movie's not that scary. Whatever. It's an incredible... It's not supposed to be scary, though. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. It's, it's the atmosphere. It's disturbing. And, and if this... I mean, I guess it's kind of tough to, to argue with people about that just because it's like... There's a lot of things that have happened in movies lately that are pretty fucked. You know? Yeah. We just, we just watched Malignant, and that's fucking messed up. Yeah. And, you know, they'll be like, oh, it's not that disturbing. I think to me, anything like this happening to a child is inherently disturbing, and if it's not disturbing to you, that kind of disturbs people. People just want to be jaded about their films now. I, yeah, I feel like a lot of people just ah, it's overrated. It's, you know, everyone talks about it being great, so I'm just gonna be an asshole about it. Like that's pretty much. It's also like about the craft of, of the film. I mean, even disregarding about how scary something is, like just the level of just meticulous setup and shots, and how everything has to come together, and the way it's perfectly planned out, the score. The sound mixing, everything just flows really fucking well. Yeah, I mean we didn't even talk about freaking antics on set, but yeah, we can't. Yeah, they're bad. He was, bad he was director, very forceful, bad man. He, he was bad. He did bad stuff, not yeah. great. Resulted in a fucking amazing movie. Yeah, just like Kubrick and so my final that, wrap but... up. I think the movie's a film that. You know it's a good movie, but you really forget just how much it hits home and how much you can get, you can really get drawn into it while you're watching it. Like I said, I wasn't going to pay attention. I was going to just do a refresh course, say, hey, whatever, I've seen it before, not a big deal. I saw it recently, 
and then still I put it on I watched the whole fucking thing being like I'm so glad I watched this again fantastic movie always can draw you in always can make you pay attention and always can make you feel just uneasy uncomfortable disturbed unnerved everything about it just sets you at an emotional feeling that you're not supposed to be put in so it's a great film I really can't give it anything less than like a nine and a half I'd say nine and a half is also yeah, I, I could push it to a ten, but I, I'm just not gonna do that right now. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's a nine and a half just because I think there's a few things that hold it back. Not nothing major. It's just maybe more comes down to personal preference, if anything. Yeah, I mean, off the top of my head, like, the, the only thing about the movie that like really bothers me is just like that we missed that time about about Father Karras's mom dying or hints that she's just gonna die. I would have liked to set up a bit more lore with so. Pazuzu, but that's like, like I said, a personal preference thing. Yeah, I kind of wish that the time with Father Marin was also spent, you know, creating a, a stronger character around him. Than, yes. Yeah, but same time though, I fucking love Marin. So yeah, every second he's on screen, he's great. Yeah, every second he's on screen, he is just a ray of fucking just Jesus juice. So that covers The Exorcist. That's gonna round out the seventies, the eighties. We have a placeholder for, but yeah. it's being put at the very, very, very end. We're going to do it on Halloween weekend. So we're skipping a generation. I'm sorry. We're going to go to the 90s. Both me and Mike are going to watch Scream. Luckily, in theaters, because it's being re-released for select screenings. Yeah, so we have to fuck around to get this to work. Yeah, it, it's... No one's going to notice because they'll get it on time, but we're going to have to do a rush job because it comes out very close to when the episode's coming yeah. up to air. I, I can't fucking wait to see that movie in theaters, man. I'm I'm very excited. I'm, I'm out of my mind height. We're not we're not seeing it together, but I'm definitely... No, but still. I'm definitely really excited to be seeing it. So... Because I've loved that movie for a long time. Yeah, it's one of your favorites by one of your favorite directors. Yep. And, you know, I... I don't love the movie, but I think the ideas it sets up is very great. I, if anything, it's like The Matrix, where the movie's great, but the people following the trend start to fucking weigh it down. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. The 90s were fucking just shit-stained for a bunch of medical shit, so... So... Thanks, Scream. We'll see you guys for that episode, hopefully. You know, no commitments, but it'd be kind of nice. Big kisses. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll catch you later. Check in the Scream episode next week, and... That's all we got to say. Hope you watch The Exorcist. Hope you feel like shit afterwards. Bye. Don't fall off your fucking stairs.